Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello and welcome again to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 70, entitled Using Viral Marketing to Grow Your Audience with Savas Sotigis from Viral Loops. It was published on the 5th of April 2018. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I'll be joined a little bit later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com. Please, if you feel like sharing the podcast, go over to the wpbuilds.com website and you can click on the buttons. Uh, reviews on iTunes are always very welcome, especially if they're five-star reviews. Join the Facebook group, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. To subscribe to the newsletter, it's forward slash subscribe. To advertise on our podcast, it's forward slash advertise. And we've also got the podcast episodes now on YouTube at wpbuilds.com forward slash YouTube. Okay, just before we start, a couple of things to mention. We had a competition for Wallace Inline, three lifetime licenses for that plugin uh, from Bradley Kirby. Now, we closed that today and we found our three winners. So it's Matt Pirani, Brenda Malone and Kevin Price. Now, I've passed on your email addresses to Bradley, so hopefully he'll be getting in touch with you really soon. Well done and thanks for entering. We've got a new competition started already, actually, and that's for three licenses for the Smart Slider 3 plugin. Now, you'll hear more about that plugin on the podcast uh, in the next few weeks, but we do have three licenses to give away. So if you go to wpbuilds.com forward slash win, you can win one of the three single domain licenses, which is very cool. Um, so yeah, go over there, share it all over the place and increase your chances of winning because as you've just heard, people actually do win things. It's not made up. <laughs> okay, um, in a little while, we'll get to the interview with Savas Zortigas from um, Viral Loops. Um, it's actually the same software. It's a SaaS app and it's the software that I'm actually using to power the competition. So when you go to the forward slash win page and enter any of our competitions, you'll actually be using Savas's uh, viral loops uh, SaaS app in order to enter. And it enables us to capture those email addresses and allows you to share it to increase your chances of winning. So he's going to come on and talk all about um, viral marketing and what that means and how it can best be achieved. Uh, really nice guy, really worth listening to. We've also got right at the very end, should you include your telephone number on your homepage, the little ending fact with David and I. But right now, we'll go straight over and start our discussion. David and I are going to be talking about should we become wedded to one set of tools? I really hope that you enjoy this week's podcast. Thanks for listening. Today's topic is should we be wedded to one set of tools for building our sites? To be honest, this is something that came out of the WP Builds Facebook group because there was a conversation more about how many page builders that we need because there's conversations about uh, Beaver Builder and Elementor in there and some people use both or some people just use one. So we've sort of branched it out to tools in the general sense of the word. So Nathan, do you, are you somebody like me who likes to sort of build up one stack of tools for all projects? Yeah, I, I actually am. And I... Some part of me thinks it's kind of human nature to do this. 
Um, so, for example, you've got uh, flame wars, haven't you, between Android and iPhone users and this kind of thing. And people start to use something and they become familiar with it. And once you've decided that this, this thing works very well, you somehow, because you've invested so much time in it, you... You, you often kind of have the impression that you're correct in your decision to use this. And also every every other thing that comes along mustn't be as good. Um, yes. I think I think that's normal. And so I do. So I've got a whole suite of things which I trust and rely upon. Right down from, from you know, my computer to my server to my server software to um, to the IDE that I use. All of those kind of things. And then it extends itself obviously now to WordPress itself. And then all the plugins that I put on um, on top. Um, some of them, some of the things that I've I'm wedded to over time, I will change my opinion on it. And usually, the opinion is changed because of some authority person that I trust uh, saying mm. this is actually something worth looking at. But uh, but often I'm um, I'm quite incapable of moving because I'm I'm happy. What about yes. you? Yeah, that's how I, well, you know what, when I started off, I kind of just, you know, when anything, each sort of project I needed to do, I'd see if I could find something that would make it easy. And then uh, that went wrong for me, you know, because I didn't choose wisely. So I spent more time over as I got more professional uh, picking my tools. And then I thought that's the way I've got to go. But, you know, you just said something really interesting. It reminds me of something that was mentioned about human behavior when it comes to tools, because we are quite protective about our tools and they are the best when we've chosen them. But there was a thing about um, when people predict the end of the world uh, and it doesn't happen. (laughs) It's really after it doesn't happen that those people who believed it would be the end of the world are more adamant about their belief, more Ah. so than they were before they've been proved to be wrong. And it's interesting. I think it's in our human nature, isn't it, to defend our decisions against all the odds. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, you know, um, I, I made a decision a long time ago that um, that Microsoft was evil, for example, this <laughs> this sort of stuff. Um, and then I switched to the Mac. And, of course, it's just rubbish. You know, there's nothing wrong with Microsoft at all. Um, but I'm now on um, Mac, and I have this sort of slightly evangelical look in my eye when I talk to people about why they should have a Mac, you know, as if I'm, as if I, as if I've got here by some divine right. Um, and you know, look scornfully down on those who dare to use a windows computer, utter hogwash, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes. and I, I'm, I'm being very spurious by the way. I don't condescend quite as badly as that, but you know, you know how it goes. So in my, um, situation, for example, I use an IDE called Coda. Now, Coda is um, it's quite old, actually. It's been around for ages, and, and I'm, I'm sure that there are better tools. And, it, you know, for example, I keep hearing great things about this thing called Sublime Text, which is supposed to be a really great um, IDE. And, and, and I've just got this inertia, and I'm wedded to my Coda. I know it works very well, and I, I don't really need to change, so I don't. So I think I'm, I've got inertia, I can't really find the time to change, but also I'm kind of thinking, well, what I've got is fine. Why should I bother? And of course, yeah. you should, shouldn't you? That's the reality is that you should move on from a product which has been superseded um, to, to something which is measurably better. Yeah, and I, I don't know the balance for this for me because it, mm. it took me a while to get to the fact that I need to concentrate on learning deeply 
the tools I have. I thought I can serve my clients best that way. But I, I certainly know I have been behind the trend. I mean, you know, I, I guess a lot of people who, you know, when Beaver Builder came out, particularly as a sort of new page builder, I'm sure a lot of people were quite a few years and still are a few years behind us, realize, you know, not realizing that page builders are not all evil. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's moved on one step further because we've got great competition in those page builders that are good. Yep. Uh, there was a point, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, it doesn't really matter. But the you know the the principle being, I bet every single person listening to this has a set of default things that they just go to. Um, you know, so for example, let's say you've just installed a site and you need some sort of backup solution. You've you you there's going to be one thing that you go to first whether it's updraft or backup body or server backups or whatever, you're going to, you, that's your thing. That's the way you do it. You know it. You've got your mojo, you know, you just click the buttons and you, you know, you find your way around the UI in a few seconds and that fine. It works. It works. Um, but who, I guess, who's got the time to go looking at the latest new tools, but we do all have this fear of um, missing out and we all want to be on the latest thing, but I don't think, you'd get any work done in the day if you spent your entire time trying to find the absolutely definitively best thing for anything. <coughs> Excuse me, you know, the best computer, the best IDE, the best plugin, the best uh, CMS. And you're just, you're not going to find it. You, I think you've got it exactly right. Um, set on a, decide on a set of things, stick with them, learn them. And then maybe just branch out once in a while to find um, a new backup plugin or a new, um, I don't know, pop-up plugin or whatever it might be. Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> do tend to to Often get not. attracted to conversations because it has paid uh, paid off really. Uh, jumping on a new technology, certainly page builders, and jumping onto that just speeded up and changed the nature of what I was going to be doing, you know, it was so painful to build sites, you know, if a client wanted to make a change before, you know, with Genesis, it used to be registering widgets and then adding some CSS to those to arrange things. Now we just drag and drop in a row and add in the content and that, you know, for those people who hadn't caught on to that, you know, you've got a real advantage over them. But I have, you know, the other side of it now is trying to be a proper business as I'm working towards at the moment. I need to make better training videos um, for my clients to help them along the way. I want to be able to train other people to use the tools that I use and I've got to maintain them as well. Mm. So the more tools I have to maintain, the, the more updates that's going to be, there's more likelihood of me having to problem solve for the same money. Yeah. I mean, um, do you find that you, you literally become wedded to particular things, you know? Um, so the, I guess it's like anything. It's like a comfortable old pair of shoes. You've used mm. it for so long. You've become familiar with it that you, you kind of become a bit blinkered. Um, and, uh, uh, what's the right word? I don't know what the right word is. Never mind. You become entrenched. Let's go for that. Um, and you refuse to look elsewhere because you've convinced yourself that this thing is better than that thing. <laughs> yeah, I try. I really um, do question myself a lot on these things. So I think, you know, that's my redeeming feature. But I do. Yeah, I get kind of passionate about the tools I, I have. And I think they're the best. But 
Yeah. Yeah. So a, a good example in in both of our cases is the use of a page builder, isn't it? Um, yeah. This is going to be hard for us both to say, but let's say it anyway. Let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> we've both become very we're big users of Beaver Builder, and, and we've mm. become advocates for that uh, to some extent. Mm. And you have produced an awful lot of very um, handsome videos uh, explaining how it works in in all of its ways. And so would you ever change that position? Would you ever sort of move away to something else? And or, and or do you find that because you've put so much effort into it and produced so much content, you would um, you would feel a certain sense of, in, of shame perhaps in moving away and using something else? Yeah, I guess I would. Maybe not so much shame, you know, but I would, to be honest, at the moment, I'm reasonably happy with the tools. And so page builders, I'm fine because... I guess with the, with the Beaver Builder, for me, the, the thing that ticked the box wasn't so much the features that they brought in the first place, but was the team behind it in that case and their sensibilities for reliability and not bringing in change for the sake of it. And that, because I was moving towards a sort of 80% maintenance type business, that ticked all the boxes. So mm. at the moment, I don't have that dilemma because it's serving what I need at the moment. But obviously, I'm looking um to the well let's mention the name you know to elementor and seeing you know because there are so many people very excited about what that's offering there so you have to keep an eye on it at the moment like there's no dilemma for me yeah it's interesting because this this is a new situation for me um in that until we launched this podcast all of the decisions about these plugins and things like that were entirely in my own head um mm. and so if i swapped let's say page builder or IDE, nobody would know um, really. And I would just do it. Um, In your case, um, you've made an awful lot of um, videos about Beaver Builder. So you've you've kind of moved down that road a long way and become a bit of an authority. Um, So that's, that's, Quite new, isn't it? And I've made a lot of podcast episodes now, and we've talked about Beaver mm. Builder a lot. So it's kind of put ourselves in the in the public domain a little bit. Um, yes. So there is a there is a a reluctance to move away, if you like, from something which you've already endorsed so so readily. Mm. But like, do you know what? I don't think for either of us that would be too much of because in no. a way, you know, just stick it on my channel. And you know, interesting. I was talking about Astro on one of my videos recently, which you know is not Beaver Builder theme, you know, because it's coming up as something I would use for one project. And I think it would move like that. It would just be like it would be with you. It's a story of your changing life, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> if they, you know, so it might surprise some people, I guess, if they associate you with stuff, but. You know, it's interesting now. This is what I, in a way, I I love that debate about um, particularly uh, Beaver Builder and Elementor, even though it's quite difficult for us because things are changing and we've got those new page builders like Astra and we've got the, the WP page builder framework as well. And they're designed to allow you to slot in whatever page builder you like. And you know that's what some people are doing and i, I just think well maybe they they're onto something there making it available to everybody within with whatever tool they've brought to um to bear on it yeah yeah it's a, mm. yeah, it's a good point what we should do now you know is mm. go through a list of all the things that we use and which have become yeah. our favorite because that that would really cement us wouldn't it in that in that <laughs> arena so let's go for it what do you what host do you use Ah, okay. Well, um, two, it's uh, now I've moved to Cloudways 
and I also have DigitalOcean with um, Server Pilot. Okay, I'm using um, OVH for my own server, and um, and I use WP Engine for um, client sites quite a lot as well. Right, what about uh, computer? What have you got? <laughs> uh, well, it's my um, Dell laptop running Windows 10. I've got a MacBook Pro, which is really old now and getting a bit frail. I probably should update it at some point soon. Uh, CMS of choice, WordPress, I take it? Yes, of course. Backup plugin? Ah, two again. <laughs> Once, well, Backup Buddy, because uh, I bought a lifetime deal, but I use it for migration mostly, and I use uh, Updraft for actually sending things off okay. into Amazon. Yeah, I'm on um, on my on the server. Um, I'm using um, Plesk, which is the sort of default server software that handles it all. Um, and then I use Backup Buddy um, a lot, and I tried Updraft Plus. Uh, up, updraft, I guess it's not called Plus when you're just on the free one. Um, the other day, and I quite like that. So here's maybe a good example of where I will sort of shift over. Mm. Okay, what about um, Forms software? Do you use any plugins for Forms? Gravity Forms. Yep, I'm there as well. I did <laughs> dabble once, I think, with WP Forms, but I just it was absolute inertia. I just thought this is probably every bit as good, but I don't have the time, so I'm going to stay with Gravity Forms. Uh, what other generic? Oh, security. Do you do you handle security through Vera plugin? Oh gosh, yeah. And I don't know. You know, this is the thing. I I said it on some of my other videos when I show a plugin list. I, I, it's it's been word fencing there at the moment, but I'm not sure I like it because mm. I just don't understand security enough, mm. and it's quite a heavy plugin. So yep. yeah. Yep. Well, I've I've got word fence on a few sites, um, and I've also got. Um, iThemes security and really all I use that for is just to lock down the um, the the login page so that you've got to use a two-factor authentication um, or and so on. What other common plugins are there? Oh, IDE. What IDE do you use? What do you use to to FTP or, or SSH or whatever? Yeah, well, it's um, just the free uh, FileZilla that I use when I'm sending up files and you know when I'm just doing CSS stuff. Yep. It's just I use Stylizer. Yep. Yeah. I use, um, uh, as I said, I use Coda, and I, and, I, and I use the Mac terminal quite a bit. I end up getting in the terminal quite a lot and opening that up to do things like zipping up things and copy them onto my local computer and stuff like that. What else? What other crucial things Gosh. do we have? Um, oh, we're on the same with the page builder. but um... page, but Yeah, there you go, page builder. I mean, obviously, the, the one for us at the minute is Beaver Builder, but I think chomping at its heels is uh, Elementor, yeah. Mm, um, uh, caching. Caching, okay. So I am using WP, I couldn't think then, using WP Rocket. Ah, snap. Yeah, <laughs> but that I don't know about that because the pricing is, well, I think the pricing's okay. I, I'm getting confused between two plugins. No, the WP Rocket pricing is okay. What about... Things like, um, do you use, do you have licenses for Facet WP, that kind of thing? No. And again, because of the pricing structure for that yep. one, it's only used on a site and going to be another one. So it's up to the client now. Yep. So it's one that at the moment I'd recommend okay. for those kind of jobs. But What about yeah. creating custom post types and custom post type fields, <laughs> that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is where it's interesting, isn't it? Because, yeah, I've really just moved into using ACF and I use, well, 
two methods either I can put it in manually the code to create the custom post types or I use uh, custom post type what's UI. It called? UI that's it uh, so that's typically what I'm using but I'm yeah I'm flirting with pods yes pods I'm right on the edge of I never seem to dip my foot entirely in the water there don't mm. know why um, but I use ACF that that would be my default um, yeah. and I have used toolset in the past um, and there's always toolset's one of those funny ones for me because there's always um, there's always something happening in the news which makes me think oh you know what that I should look relook at that because um, what was it the other day was it was it Astra announced some sort of integration with toolset or what am I thinking El of was it Elementor Element Elementor, you see yes. that suddenly makes me think Elementor, yeah, Toolset. Yeah, it could be an interesting because you know I know Toolset quite well. That might, yeah, yeah. Oh, and so it goes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think That's... we've, I think we've, um, I think we've probably listed everything conceivable there, haven't we? <laughs> we have. We've never we've done that though. Them. That's quite surprising that we've gone through all these podcasts all these years, well, a couple of years almost, and we never really talked about what we've got on our own sites. I know, and but also just going through those ones just makes me realise that many of those are still I'm not wedded to them, no. um, because I'm yeah like the pods thing, yep. you know if I really get into pods, could be the end of or I might use both. Yeah, and also quite interesting that we've got striking similarities. There's an awful lot of stuff which is very similar, um, and that's probably because of where we frequent online, you know, and we. We share our experiences with people who do the same work as us, and and usually something or one or two things rise to the top, and then mm. you just have to cherry pick and then have a flame war for the rest of the day, <laughs> decide, telling everybody how much better what you decided was. I kind of want everything to stop for a little while, actually, because mm. I I need to get my business sorted out. So I just want people to stop innovating at the moment, right? You know. Yeah, because, I can't imagine what else I really need at but, the moment. Yeah, so. I mean, the world revolves around you. We should all stop. Everybody stop. Put your pencils yes, down. And <laughs> just give David a month to cut. I think, though, that's a good point. I mean, you do find yourself in a struggle with this all the time. It is a bit of a time suck. And, uh, and I, so ultimately, I think it's a good idea to become wedded to some tools because you get good at them. But also, you should probably have one eye um slightly fixed on the horizon and thinking about what's coming around the corner because if something really good did come along you'd be crazy to um not yeah. not not use it are we done i think so perfect yeah. right in which case we will say ta-ta from the discussion and we'll go into the interview Hello and welcome to the interview part of the podcast. Today I have Zavas Zortigis, who is uh, on the call. Now, I'm not sure actually if he's in Greece at the moment or if he's in America, because just before we started, he said that he lives in both places. And he's coming to us today to talk about a SaaS product, which is a bit of a departure. So hi there. How are you? Hi, Nathan. I'm so happy to be here today. Good. Well, he's come on because uh, a little while ago, going back a few months, uh, as you may know, I am completely addicted to AppSumo. And AppSumo had a deal on, which I got hold of, uh, for something called Viral Loops. Now, Viral Loops is utterly fabulous, frankly, um, but I'm not going to do it justice if I explain it. So I'm going to hand straight over to Zavas so that he can tell us what it is and what it does. So over to you for a, a little brief introduction, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. So 
Varloops is a viral and referral marketing platform that you can use to drive word of mouth growth uh, for your website or app. Uh, so how it works is that we are a template-based platform, meaning that we take the best referral programs out there, like the ones inspired by Dropbox, by Airbnb, uh, by Harris. Uh, we offer giveaways, referral programs, um, and this kind of stuff. And you can just uh, put a code in your website and you know take it off. Yeah, so I guess the traditional marketing channels, you know, they've been exhausted um, and done to death. You know, we've all got the emails and all of that kind of stuff. I um, I use a very similar idea for the competitions that we run on WP Builds. And I suppose the idea is that you, uh, I use it, I simply use one of the templates that you have, uh, which is the sort of the giveaway one, if you like. Um, let me just get the name of the tempting giveaway. Um and the idea with that is that, you know, we offer something from a contributor, a WordPress plugin developer or something like that. And the idea is that people submit their emails and then they're encouraged to share it on things like Facebook and um, Twitter and so on. And the more people share it, the more chance you have of winning. And, it, and it's, it's very, very effective. So how on earth did you end up deciding that this was something you wanted to build? Of all the things that you were scanning around for, the business opportunities that you wanted, what, why this one? Yeah, so I'm coming from the marketing automation industry um, and I started one of the first growth marketing agencies three years ago. So what I've seen is that a lot of clients and a lot of companies, when they start in, uh, they choose, for example, the traditional marketing channels like the ones you've mentioned, like Facebook ads, Google ads, uh, email marketing, and it's really difficult to get new users, new customers uh, on a you know reasonable uh, customer acquisition cost. Um, and then they, for example, they may come up with the idea of running uh, a referral program like the Dropbox did. Uh, they do it, they launch it, uh, but they see no results. And the reason behind that is that you know you need if if you want to run a successful referral program. You need to, to make something really tailor-made to your needs, to your business, and to your customers. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean that because Dropbox did it, uh, it will work for your own company. Um, and uh, in the past, I was designing and implementing custom solutions for my customers. I was using a lot of tools, a lot of platforms out there, but I had the experience and the knowledge as a marketer. So when I, uh, you know, I was discussing that with my co-founder, Theo, uh, we, we thought, okay, why don't we create a product, make a product that has this experience in the product itself and small and medium businesses that don't have, uh, you know, thousands of dollars to spend every month on, on their marketing budget, uh, to build a successful referral program, to make word of mouth actually work for them. So we came up with the idea. Uh, of the templates, and uh, we started, for example, with the tempting giveaway, uh, with leaderboard, with a leaderboard giveaway inspired by Jet, uh, with the Dropbox referral program, or with the Airbnb for e-commerce and marketplaces. Uh, we made everything preset and pre-configured, and depending on the need that a customer has, um, he can choose a specific template to run. So this is the first step uh, that we took in order to ensure that this campaign will be successful. Uh, for that company. So basically we came up with the idea, okay, we want to make referral marketing and word of mouth actually work uh, for small and medium businesses. 
I am. Um, I'm. I'm really taken by the the product. I should say at the moment I'm looking at the screen, um, and there are six, eight. There are eight different templates. Maybe in the future that'll change. And in fact, you've just described a sort of change that you're possibly going to be making. But I do like the idea that one size doesn't fit all because the the, the way that I've always used um, these viral giveaways is literally that is to have a prize which has come to me through the grace of uh, plugin developers and then offer that in exchange for emails um and very simply once the once the duration of the competition has run out i i select quite at random the winner or winners and then that's it it's over and, and we move on to another one um perhaps you could take us through how some of these templates that you've got are, are different from okay here's a product that you that you want to get your hands on uh, enter your email and win or don't win how how do these templates differ to that is there a, a sort of subtle or more more obvious difference in some of them yeah so um the tempting giveaway uh that you just described yeah. uh, you're using a similar campaign so this is uh it works you know uh like this so our own template works like this yeah but for example if you run uh, this uh, this campaign and you're using uh this concept because you want to build an email list uh and many times the problem for example with that uh, with that concept is that a lot of people run a giveaway, let's say for a month or for three weeks, and then uh, it, it ends, right? So you don't have a way of continuously building your email list through referrals and word of mouth. Right. Uh, and uh, you, sh you, you can either come up with a new reward uh, or you can stop it and wait, let's say for uh, a month and then launch again uh, the same competition, maybe with a different price. So, for example, uh, what we've seen is that uh, there is a, a, a nice uh, email newsletter called The Hustle uh, that uh, they, they based their whole email list growth on uh, a milestone referral program, as we call it. And why we call it the milestone? Because um, it has specific tiers, specific milestones. And how it works is that the more friends you invite, the better perks you unlock. So this is a long-term campaign and not just a competition that you can use to build your email list continuously. So, uh, for example, we have a template uh, inspired by Harris, which is an e-commerce um, uh, website. Yeah, I know it. Is it shaving and things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're based in New York. Yeah. Um, and they've run a pre-launch campaign with a milestone concept. So we took that idea. Um, and we also saw the campaign from the hostel and we created a template that you can use to build your email list, not just for one month, but you can have rewards that you can give all the time. Of course, taking into account your customer acquisition cost and everything around that. Right. Uh, and you can run it on the long run and not just for one month. So basically how it works is that if, for example, uh, someone invites a friend and this friend subscribes to your email list. Uh, the referrer will get uh, a reward, let's say a t-shirt or some stickers or an exclusive, exclusive access to a community or something. So you can come up with different rewards uh, and different milestones and you can build your email list uh, all the time actually. So this would work very, very well for us as WordPress people um, to, to recommend as an engine for, well, specifically WooCommerce websites or e-commerce websites where um, the, the, the client, if you like, has got a, a raft of products that they're selling through the site which we've built for them. 
Um, and then you could you could demonstrate, okay, if you're prepared to spend a little bit of your budget each month on giving away some some free products, we can we can set up this milestone sy- uh, system, or we could give away one great big prize in order to do the tempting giveaway. Um, and that, that's brilliant, yeah. And and I'm guessing um, the reason that you're in business is because you know that this actually does work. Yeah. So um, just to mention here is that. For example, it's something that works perfectly for uh, e-commerce websites, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, like WooCommerce. But it also works for uh, blogs. Um, and just to give you some ideas, is that a lot of people uh, say to me that, uh, okay, Savas, I don't have uh, a price to give, or I don't have Good, a lot yeah. of budget to spend, right? And as a startup, at least when we started uh, one year ago, we have, and still we, we we have the same issue, but still we want to keep our budget low, right? On spending on marketing. Of course. Um, so what you can do, for example, is that uh, with the milestone uh, referral program, is that you can give us rewards, exclusive content, for example. So and it's something that really, really works. So you can give uh, exclusive PDF guides. Uh, you can uh, record some interviews with some influencers or uh, experts. Uh, that you can uh, send them only to those people that reach a specific milestone, or you can have, let's say, a private webinar or an ebook or something like that. Yes. So, what I'm mentioning um, is that it doesn't mean that you need to have an e-commerce website, but it really works if you do uh, uh, if you do content marketing, uh, email marketing, if you if you have a blog. So, for example, in Viraloops, uh, in the next few weeks. We're launching our own milestone referral, uh, and we will include in the rewards exclusive content with growth hacks on how you can actually grow uh, your referral campaigns. I get it. So it really, in the way that I've been using it, I've got a thing to give away already. It's in my back pocket, if you like, and I've and I've you know, got it and I'm willing to give it away. What you're saying is you don't need a thing to give away. You could give away content that hasn't yet been written, an ebook that hasn't yet been written on the promise that in the future, this stuff will come. Uh, you know, you, you send some referrals our way and in the future, when we write all these amazing blog posts and ebooks and what have you, you'll get access to those on an exclusive basis. Does the platform, does Viral Loops, um, actually distribute that stuff for you or is that something you would have to take to a a third-party solution and and email them separately yourself Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, it depends on the rewards Mm. so for example if you want to give uh, a pdf guide or some exclusive content that you have it let's say on a hidden uh, url somewhere somewhere in the web uh, we uh, have an automated emails that are uh, are being sent when uh, a milestone is reached right. or when a successful happens. So all you have to do is that uh, you should put these links on our emails. So we do all the job and you don't have to do anything manually. Great. Uh, and something that's really interesting, it, of course, if you have a WooCommerce website and you want to give some discount codes, uh, we are connected with uh, the WooCommerce engine. So... Uh, the coupon codes are distributed automatically. So again, you don't have to do something. And something uh, that's really cool um, is that uh, if you want to give away uh, some company swag, like custom t-shirts or stickers with your own brand or socks, for example, uh, we are directly integrated with uh, a service called Startup Threads. 
uh, that you can go there uh, to their website, you can order the t-shirts, the stickers with your own designs, and then you can in connect it through Vireloops because uh, we have a direct integration, and then we manage the shipping and the fulfillment uh, automatically. Oh, that's very cool. I can well imagine a WP Builds t-shirt <laughs> being built soon as this call is over. That's great. What a great idea. Um, is, is it, does it all come down in the end to creating an email list, though? Is, is that ultimately what we're trying to do? We're, we're giving stuff away in, in a variety of different templated ways. Um, but are we ultimately trying to gather an email list? Because email's proven to be successful. But is, is there something else apart from the email? Like, can we interact with these people um, on Twitter or Facebook through your platform? Or, or is it just dumping everybody's stuff in an email list, which you then need some sort of third-party solution to communicate with? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think gathering emails and increasing your uh, user base or driving more sales is the first step, right? So the next step is that we want to help you identify your micro-influencers, as we call them. So what happens today is that a lot of brands, uh, they, they pay, for example, uh, well-known influencers to promote uh, their brand, right? Yep. Uh, but what happens is that you don't know if you have a customer that he's not an influencer, let's say that he doesn't have, uh, I don't know, 15,000 followers on Instagram, but he can affect two or three friends uh, that he has to go and buy from you. So we want to give you this information. Uh, so what you can do after gathering this email list is that you can identify the connections and how these people are connected. Uh, what, you know, if, uh, if they're friends, for example, if someone referred the other. And when you do that, you will be able to identify these micro-influencers. You, you can segment them and run a different communication campaign to them. You can even, you know, send them a Facebook uh, message, for example, um, you know, asking for some feedback or uh, thank them uh, for inviting five or ten friends. And if you do that and if you, you know, if you find these people and if you treat them right with the right way, they can get more and more people back to you. So it's always, you know, driving emails and sales. But the next step, I think, is that you identify the connections of these people and we, we call this the viral graph. So we're building on the backend these connections and how these people interact with each other, what channels they're using, like Facebook, like email or Twitter or LinkedIn or SMS. And when you do that, you are able to take this data and drive more growth for your business and also identify these micro-influencers. Is that... Um... I mean, that's for a start, that sounds really cool because um, my experience so far with this type of um, marketing is, is that basically it, it has been about the list. And I've, and I've often wondered, oh, it would be nice to extend that a little bit and to sort of reach out in a little bit more of a meaningful way um, than just blurting out, uh, you know, an email. So that's kind of cool. But is that is that in the product yet or is that something that's coming soon? No, it's something that it's coming soon. Right. Currently, we give these tips uh, to our clients uh, that they're using. So uh, through content, through webinars that we're doing. Uh, but it's something that, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, mm. our whole approach is to put all of our marketing experience and expertise into the product. So we will automate everything and we will productize everything. So this is the idea. 
I'm interested to know from your experience because I've got a I've got a fairly mundane um, giveaway that I do in that you know it's the same every time. I'm, I'm interested to know you run this platform. You must have seen examples where you thought, boy, that was a really clever way of doing it. You know that somebody's used viral loops in a really ingenious way, or they've given away something unexpected, or they've done something which worked really well. Have you got any of those tales to tell? Ah, oh, that's that's a nice question. Yeah, yeah, we we see a lot of complaints. Um, just before the reward part, I think one of the most common uh, mistakes that a lot of people do is that they build the, their campaign, but they don't drive traffic to the campaign. Mm. So they may have let's say ten thousand people on uh, their email list or on their website, but they don't somehow show it to them. And I think this is the first, so we call that the user adoption. So how many people, how many people from your user base, uh, from your audience know that you're running this campaign? So I think this is the first thing that you should do. Um, and a very clever, of course, it's not our client, but I think if you, if you want to take a lot of ideas from that, uh, Airbnb does that very well. They, they don't run a sweepstake or a competition, but they run a referral program. And if you try to make a booking, you will see in every single corner of their website that they ask you to invite a friend. Right. So I this is the first clever uh, you know, uh, thing that you can do if you want to run a successful uh, marketing campaign, referral marketing campaign. So somehow find, find ways with widgets, with uh, uh, even uh, specific pages, specific sections on your web homepage, to let people know that you're running this campaign. So this is the first thing. Uh, the second thing uh, that I really like is that uh, I, I, I mentioned that before uh, with content. So uh, a few months ago, actually back in, in July, um, Growth Tribe, our, a growth hacking academy based in Netherlands, uh, they've launched the biggest growth marketing conference, uh, the biggest online growth marketing conference. And they, uh, they had companies from, uh, marketers from uh, Hotjar, Typeform, mm. uh, Joe Spector from Banff, and a lot of uh, great marketers there. And instead of giving away, um, you know, um, I don't know, some like discounts or something like that, uh, they were just giving away premium content. Uh, so they had a PDF guide with the 200 tools that they uh, love, uh, for example, they love using. Uh, they have they prepared some private demos uh, with some tools and how you can hack them to get more out of them. Right. Uh, and they so it didn't cost them anything. Just of course their time. Yeah. Uh, and they just put their expertise and their content on the milestones, and it was huge because people, you know, they don't just want to get I don't know something like a prize, like uh, a mobile, like an iPhone or something. They want to get value, right? So mm -hmm. the, the smartest thing that we see is that when, uh, when companies understand what resonates with their audience, uh, and when they do that, they create this kind of rewards. And if you're smart enough, I think that, you know, you can come up with rewards that uh, co can cost you almost nothing. I think um, I think there's some really good advice in there because the first point that you made about emailing 
the list um, about the new competition. I don't, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, we've, we've run maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 competitions or something. And, and I've always, I've simply just posted it manually into Facebook, into our little Facebook group. Um, and and that, that's worked quite well, actually. But it just occurs to me, yes, why not um, email the people who've obviously taken part in competitions before? Because they're very, <laughs> they're very likely to, uh, to want to access another competition. So yeah, g- good advice. And also the idea of putting the the widget for want of a better word the 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 little um the box where you submit your um your email address onto different pages because we only we only position that on the the competition page whereas what you're saying from airbnb is well just put it all over this place and then it's likely to be seen um more and therefore yeah. entered more so yeah g- g- great advice thank you I'll, I'll i'll act on those again hopefully when this is finished <laughs> what um, I <laughs> what's coming up for you then um what's what's on your roadmap for the for the next let well let's say the next period of time mm-hmm, yeah so currently um uh, because uh we have the templates as i mentioned but we're working uh on something really cool uh in order to help our clients even more uh and removing all the hassle of uh you know thinking of what can work for them so we'll be uh, creating something that we called, uh, actually I can tell you right now, okay. but it will be let's say, based on use cases. So we will, ha- we, we will understand and we'll ask you if you want, for example, to uh, build your email list and you have a blog or you're writing content or you have an e-commerce website. And based on your answers and your needs, we will uh, suggest you the exact templates that you need to use, how you, can, you should use them, and what actions you should take. Uh, so we will give you not just uh, advice on how you can improve your referral program, but how, for example, you can drive more traffic to it. Uh, we will give you a lot of data, a lot of tips, a lot of advice, uh, and everything will be directly from the product. Uh, so that's the, the one thing that we're working, and hopefully it will be ready uh, in this quarter. So, so at the moment, you have to you have to click on boxes. You have to read the box, don't you? And and you have to work out for yourself which one, which of the eight options uh, is best suited yeah. for you. Whereas that you're going to flip that around. You're going to ask us the questions, and you're going to give us the right choice every time. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. And the second thing that uh, we're working, and I think also it's it would be interesting uh, for our audience today, is that currently uh, you can integrate Varaloops with WordPress. Uh, but it's a bit manually, uh, but we offer a plugin for the tempting giveaway. So if you want to run a tempting giveaway, we have a WordPress plugin, but it's, you know, you just install the plugin and then you configure the campaign. Uh, but right now we're working on a global plugin. Uh, and the idea is that you will be able to install one plugin just once, and then you will be able to choose the template and the use case that you want to run. Uh, so, uh, you will be able to, uh, to install the refer friend, the milestone uh, inspired by Harry's and everything. So all of our templates will be available directly integrated with WordPress. Ah, so are you saying that you'll be able to create the uh, the Viral Loops campaign within WordPress, or you'll you'll just be able to access more of what Viral Loop offers than the current plugin provides? No. Yeah, as a first step, uh, we will provide you with the, with the option of buying a lot of campaigns. Right. Uh, um, you st- still uh, you will need to build a campaign from Varloops inside. Okay. But we'll 
give you more options of uh, putting more widgets and more customizations directly from WordPress. Okay. So you'll be able to show it to particular audiences or show it on particular pages and all of that kind of exactly. stuff. Whereas at the minute, it's um, it's really just like a short code generator, isn't it? And you you, you go in and it, and it pops in the short code for you. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, specifically for our audience, that's that's very cool. And it's nice to know that you've um, you're backing you're backing WordPress um, for the future. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So um, what I should probably point out is i'm just looking at your website at your your sort of pricing options and i notice underneath oh, sorry above the pricing table you've got um you've got the option to try this out for free and there's also an option to book a demo um what, what's the length of the the free trial uh 14 days okay right great and then the booking a demo would, would that enable us to actually communicate with one of you guys and uh somebody explain to us how it all works yeah, exactly. So uh, ju just to mention that uh, in our free trial, we have all of our features and all of our templates available so you can try uh, and understand the platform. Okay. Uh, for the demo, it's a one-on-one demo uh, and you uh, will talk uh, with one uh, of our customer success um, experts. And But we also have a webinar uh, that uh, we do that on a bi-weekly basis. So if you just visit, um, it, it, most probably you, you will be able to see that. Uh, and uh, it's pretty interesting because we don't focus just on showing uh, the product, but we show a lot of things around referral marketing and uh, actionable tips on how you can run a successful campaign. Okay. So it's more educational rather oh. than selling our product. Yeah. I've not spotted that before, but I noticed it. it's at viral-loops.com forward slash webinar um, if you wanted to, to go there. Um, that's great. Thank you for coming on today and explaining to us um, about this product. Now, I can totally see that um, us being WordPress website builders, that this has got an application, especially... Um, if, if like me, you're constantly asked marketing questions from people who don't realize that really your expertise is in building websites and not in marketing, this might be a, a perfect thing to offer a client to sort of say, yes, we, we can do this for you and we'll set it all up for you and, and hopefully grow your, your email list. Now, just before the, the conversation began, um, we had a conversation in which um, Zavas said he would offer us a discount code. We haven't yet uh, had the discussion about what that is or how long it'll last and so on. So just, just to say that if you look at the show notes, there'll be something related to that. So that's very, very kind of you. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, anything else you want to say before we knock it on the head? Do you want to tell us where you are on Twitter or we haven't, you know, you haven't even mentioned where the website's located and the URL and so on? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you can find our website at viral-loops.com. We also have a very active blog. So it's uh, you can uh, read it at viral-loops.com slash blog. Uh, we share everything there. And uh, if you want to read my post, because I write a lot on social media, you can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. So I share everything there. Um, and I share actually, you know, uh, from marketing tips, from growth tips and lessons learned, uh, from running my second startup actually. <laughs> ah, well, very, very nice. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on and, um, we'll move on to the next part of the podcast. Thanks. And, uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again soon, Zavas. Thank you so much, Nathan. Have a good one. And, uh, ending the fact. This time actually comes from a blog at the www.bluecorona.com site. And it's on an article. I need to scroll up to the top, sorry about this one, which is called 20 Web Design Facts Small Business Owners Should Know. And we, uh, I 
really took us to one statistic on it, which was 44% of website visitors will leave a company's website if there's no contact information or telephone number. Do you I, think that? Yeah, I think this, I don't know. I'm kind of of the opinion that this is, I just always do it. Um I use the, you know, the 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 bar, if you like, you know, the horizontal. Um, I was going to say the horizontal row, but uh, <laughs> duh. Um, I use the row that the that the logo is in most often, um, and float the the uh, telephone number to the right. Um, yes, that's generally speaking what I do, um, and that's just because I've seen everybody else doing it, and I'm guessing it's just become a bit of a thing. To you know, if it's not there. Um, you're gonna you're gonna move on very quickly. Well, I can't be bothered to look for it on the. I don't want to click on the contact page. I'm just going to go to the next result or click away from this one. I think that's probably quite reasonably true. I think that's true, and for probably for most local businesses, it was essential, I would guess. But you know, software companies where I go to a lot of their websites, I, I doubt there's a telephone number or mm. contact that mm. that's so obvious there. <laughs> what made me laugh about this statistic though is. Uh, that say 44 will leave your website if there's no contact information. Does that mean then that 56% are going to stay on your website forever? Yeah, not only that, but you're guaranteed to convert them. 50%. If you, <laughs> all you've got to do is put your phone number on the top right of your website, not only will they never leave, but they're guaranteed to provide you with business. It's a complete no-brainer, Dave. <laughs> i still think it's a good idea when i ask when i do um the, the questions at the beginning of the whole process of what people want out of their website that is usually the case somewhere quite high up is we want more phone calls yeah um, yeah you know they're a brick and mortar so? store or they've got a, you know they pay people to sit with telephones and so we want to make use of them and getting the phone number down everybody's throat is quite important I've got a question for our audience on this one because mm. I've always thought about this. I, I always sort of wince a little bit if somebody's only got a mobile phone number to put there. Yes, I totally agree. It just seems completely illegitimate somehow. Mm. I yeah. don't know why. That's real. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just sort of feels like you can't, what, you're not, you haven't got a landline? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wonder if it's the same though with our US listeners. Maybe they could tell us. I don't know. Yeah, I I do. I find that highly dubious when I only see a mobile number. I have to say, um, yeah. I mean, I've got a landline, so I so and so should you. <laughs> <laughs> Why should I pay for a landline and not you? <laughs> right, that's it. I think it is perfect. Right, so we will we will fade in the cheesy music. Thanks for listening again to the WP Builds podcast. Please give us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate those. And as I've said many times, my understanding is that the the more frequent the, the reviews come in, the more likely it is to push our content down the throats of everybody on the <laughs> planet. So, you know, that's really what we want, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, um, go and share it all over the place. Be most grateful. And we'll, um, we'll fade in the old cheesy music. I have been Nathan Wrigley. And I've been David Wamsley. Goodbye. Bye.